Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the A to Z podcast. My name is Dustin, and I work with Dean Zierfoss to produce A to Z. Before this episode starts, I just want to mention that the series started on YouTube, and as such, some parts, mostly the housekeeping at the end of each episode, won't really make sense in the podcast format. So when you hear Dean Z say that you can leave your questions in the comments below, that's because originally this was a YouTube video. If you do have questions, we'd still love to hear them. Just email DeanZ at law.jd.admissions at umich.edu and put A to Z podcast in the subject line. If you enjoy the podcast and find it helpful, please let us know by subscribing and leaving a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Thanks again for listening. And now, without further ado, is the A to Z podcast. It's Dean Z speaking to you from my basement. And today I want to talk to you about a bunch of stuff. Um, I don't really have a great theme uh, to tie this all together with. My topic today was inspired by one email and one conversation that I had in the last week. The email was from a pre-law advisor who said very briefly, just like, hello, would you admit somebody with a 154 and a 4.0? Um, that is a dangerous game in admissions because on the one hand, the answer is like, sure. But on the other hand, it's like, but not that often. So, um, I wrote a complicated email back to him about the holistic admissions process, blah, blah, blah. And he answered like, that's what I expected you to say. And I thought he had like a little tone of disappointment. Uh, so I've been thinking about that ever since. The conversation was with a friend of mine who's a lawyer. We both know someone who's applying to law school this year. And she said, he's going to get in everywhere. His numbers are great. And I said, that's not how that works. Um, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she said, oh, yes, it is. And I was like, really? Like, I don't even get any um, special regard in my job going to argue with me about that. That's how lawyers are, though. So think about that as you enter the profession. Anyway, we were having a cocktail, so we didn't get into an argument, but I've been thinking about that a lot, too. So I want to, I thought they um, are somehow, they are tied together, um, sort of opposite ends of the decisional spectrum. So I want to dive into that. Okay, so you're someone with great numbers, um, let's say it's 173 and 3.9, which are uh, the numbers we were talking about for the applicant in question. That is at or above uh, virtually every school's medians. So you're just going to get in, right? Uh, no. So when we are making decisions as in admissions officers, the numbers are important insofar as they are telling us like something about your academic readiness, your ability to kind of do the work at our school. Um, not perfect indicators, signals, but not perfect. So that's number one. Uh, it is true that if you have very high numbers, probably that is the concern about can you do the work is now off the table. But then the second, that's the threshold question, as we say in the law. Uh, but the second question is, from my point of view, the bigger question because honestly most people who apply are people who to Michigan are people who I think can do the work it is relatively rare that I am denying someone or waitlisting someone because I'm like I'm not sure they can do the work that is usually not the issue 
So what is the issue? Why would I ever not admit people with a 173, 3.9? I spent the last few days uh, while reading files, taking notes on a piece of paper about the phrases my first reader uses uh, when she wants to signal, like, I'm not feeling wild about this person. So he, now I should say before I start, like sometimes there's very specific reasons about a particular candidate that make you not want to admit that person. But honestly, there's some the major themes that uh, most of these decisions fall into. So, okay, here is one category of thing. Flat, dry, dull. She uses those words, I think, sort of interchangeably. Um, Here's something she says that I don't always agree. I should also say I don't always agree with her assessment. So like, but this is, these are signals. Trying to be funny. Trying to be cute. Arrogance. Long-winded. Lack of effort. Gaps in resume. Hard to follow resume. Poorly explained misconduct. Childish slash lack of maturity slash sounds like a high school student. Those things are another category that I think she uses interchangeably. Does not seem to respond well to stress. Group dynamic concerns. That means doesn't look like they work and play well with others. Odd slash off. Again, I think she uses those interchangeably. There's usually a question mark after one of those words. Lack of explanation for mysteries. Pretentious. Sounds like chip on shoulder. Weak writing. Confusing. Goals? Question mark. Not compelling. And then, this is kind of a broad one. Usual. Uh, so none of those, some of those are, you know, bad right? Like in the sense of they are, I guess, uh, questioning character, but a lot of them are just like, you know, not doing, not doing the job. So I think of admissions as consisting of a lot of different buckets. So it's like LSAT and GPA, but then like this, that, and the other thing. And those four things move up and down right? For a, for a given candidate, given candidate. So, you know, you might be great here on the LSAT and the GPA and then everything else is like, mm, right? Or you might be great there and these aren't so great, but they're, you can still do the work. It's like, okay. Mm. So it's a balance of all of that. And the same is true at the opposite end, the 154 and the 4.0. That is harder to capture, like, because honestly, when uh, someone with, uh, I mean, 4.0 is obviously not a low number, but the LSAT is lower there. When someone has numbers that are at the lower end, um, so let's just say 154, 3.4. Um, when someone has numbers down there, the thing that will make them pop for us is it's usually individual. It's not usually the the you know, as with this, where people are falling in reliably into certain categories. Uh, it is usually uh, individualized. So the point is, uh, so I don't have anything that is quite as, you know, illustrative of what makes us 
want to admit somebody whose numbers are sort of at, at the bottom of where we think, okay, this person can do the work, but it, you know, below that might be more of a problem. And I don't have a cutoff. I, I know I'm using 154 because that's what the pre-law advisor gave me, but there's no cutoff. But it's obviously true that as we get closer, uh, as we get down the scale on the LSAT, I admit fewer and fewer people. But I do admit them. And it is because they, you know, are telling me some specific, some compelling story. Uh, it might be that they have amazing work experience. It might be that they just have like this extremely interesting background that they explain very well, or that they have a set of goals that are, you know, ex you know, very compelling and that clearly would match up well with uh, Michigan. A whole melange of factors. And then every, you know, in general, I'd say also, as you uh, are proceeding down the scale on LSAT and GPA, everything else has to line up. So, um, you know, grammatical errors, if you have one um, in the first paragraph of a uh, personal statement where, you know, uh, your numbers are great and, you know, everything else is sort of in line, I'm not going to worry about that. But I'm going to be harsher on mistakes as you know, as it's a more unusual um, LSAT and GPA combination for us. I guess the overall point here is just like, if something is weak in your application, you can compensate for it in other ways. And, and we're looking at the whole candidate. Um, and I'm conscious of the fact that Lee, my admissions cat is walking around beneath me. I don't know what he's up to. It's making me nervous. Anyway, so You know, oh, there he is. Hello, Leo. You, I, I lost my train of thought. You could compensate, blah, blah, blah. I think, I think I've said all I need to say. Now, before we turn to grammar, I have two announcements. One I'm pretty excited about. I am excited to share that these A to Z videos are now available in podcast form on Apple Spotify, Stitcher, you know the drill. Um, it's the exact same content, just without the COVID hair, uh, without the sassy glasses, without the occasional appearances of Admissions Cat. Um, so, you know, if you're more uh, interested in just hearing things than in watching things, which is kind of how I roll, I don't really ever watch videos. So, um, you know, this might be more to your taste. You know, and if you're traveling for Thanksgiving, you know, maybe catch up on past episodes. Great opportunity. The second announcement is uh, we are going to go to every other week uh, episodes for the time being because these applications are really piling up and weighing on my spirit. And uh, I know you guys uh, want me to get those read. So let's make that the priority. Uh, but I not going away entirely, just going to do it every other week. Um, so please do keep those cards and letters coming if you have ideas for episodes. I really love them. All right, now let us turn to the grammar tip. And it's not really a grammar tip. It is a maybe word usage. It is the kind of thing that if there are other problems in your application, this might be fatal. And it is, although I should also say I admitted someone this year already who made this mistake. So again, all these mistakes I'm talking about, they're all forgivable. Uh, Ann Arbor, 
That is the town where the University of Michigan is located. Anne for, I, I think it's the name of the wives of the two founders, and then Arbor for all the trees that are here. Occasionally, people will talk about how interested they are in living in Ann Harbor. Uh, I get it. Arbor is, uh, the name of Ann Arbor is unusual. Harbor is kind of a more usual word, I guess. But we have no harbors here. And uh, yeah, if you're picturing lots of boats when you're talking about Ann Harbor, you're going to be disappointed. And uh, so please uh, just remember Ann Arbor and uh, don't write Ann Harbor in your essay because it makes me cry a little bit. Okay, thanks. That is all I got. Um, would love to hear your feedback and suggestions. As always, please put any questions you have in the comments below, or you can email us at law.jd.admissions at umich.edu and put vlog in a subject line. Uh, many thanks, as always, to Dustin Johnston, who is an inspiration in all ways. Um, wherever you go, go blue.